For months, the controversy over the war crimes trial of Navy SEAL Edward Gallagher has become increasingly political. He is accused of killing a wounded fighter in Iraq, and Navy investigators say he shot indiscriminately at civilians, killing an old man and a young girl. He's denied all of the charges. On Saturday, Alpine Congressman Duncan Hunter waded into the discussion with a surprising admission. He, too, had taken photos of the dead enemy combatant while serving in Iraq. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Greg Moran, you were at the event when Duncan Hunter admitted that he took a photo with a dead enemy combatant. Why don't you describe what it was like in Ramona when he admitted this fact? You know, there was, a, a, frankly, not a whole lot of reaction from the people at the forum. There were probably a few hundred people there, a couple hundred people there uh, at the Ramona main stage. It came kind of towards the end of the program. It was a bit of a Q&A, and it came in the context of sort of a long answer he was giving about this case of the Navy chief, Edward Gallagher, um, which is very supportive of the chief, very critical of the prosecution. And he was kind of recounting the, you know, sequence of events and uh, and then just sort of said, uh, you know, the, he did something that, I'm, I'm quoting from memory here, so these are paraphrases, but he did something that I did when I was over there and a lot of people have done, just take a photo with the body. And it really kind of went over very, nobody stood up or jumped around or did anything like that, just kind of uh, it kept going. It didn't arouse much of a reaction at the time. Certainly. And uh, Andrew Dyer, you've been covering the case with um, Eddie Gallagher for some time. So why don't you give us the biggest recap? What are the need-to-know facts with this war crimes trial that connects to what happened on Saturday? Well, the trial um, starts next month. It's uh, been going since about January. The general court-martial started. Um, It's captured a lot of attention. It's captured the president's attention. Um, one of the president's personal lawyers is now on the defense team for um, Eddie Gallagher. He's a Navy SEAL chief. Um, he's been charged with killing a wounded teenage ISIS fighter in Mosul in 2017. Um, his fellow SEALs, a handful of them came forward with these allegations, um, among others, including that he shot uh, an old man and a young girl and that at other times, he would shoot indiscriminately into crowds of civilians. And um, Duncan Hunter has been one of Gallagher's loudest supporters. So for both of you, why do you think that's the case? Well, judging from the uh, reaction at the uh, forum, which was really very, very uh, supportive of uh, the congressman, it was unlike the last uh, Don only gave there a couple of years ago, which was quite raucous and uh, a lot of... Uh, resistance people were there and so forth. this was uh, there was only a handful of protesters outside and no one inside so the reaction inside uh, really there was a more audible reaction from the audience when he was uh, recounting what he thought were the uh, I mean he called the military justice system corrupt when he was recounting um, you know the, the facts of the case and and kind of spinning it that Gallagher had really been poorly served by the military here there were gasps of outrage and shock from the people about that. And there was, you know, as I said, silence when it came to, oh, yeah, I took a picture of the dead body, too. So Hunter's been very vocal in his support of Gallagher, um, even saying on one of the local channels that even if Gallagher had done the things he's accused of, so what? Um, t- to to Duncan Hunter, everybody over there as an ISIS combatant is the enemy, and we're there to kill the enemy. And if this guy killed the enemy, then he did his job. Um, Hunter has a very, very direct black and white view of 
conduct on the battlefield. He's he's made several statements about um, the military's handling of the rules of engagement in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, even going so far as to say that that's why these conflicts are still going on is that we uh, handcuff our, our forces and, and don't let them really cut loose over there. And that fed into, I think, his overall critique of the case in the military justice system. As I think he said at one point, it's lawyers. It's what happens when you get lawyers and bureaucrats uh, second-guessing the war fighters, you know. And it was a very much of a, uh, you know, you don't know really what goes on in the battlefield. You can't kind of, uh, in hindsight— for other motivations, he ascribed uh, uh, bad motivations to the other SEALs who came forward in this. But uh, his overall critique of the, of the military justice system was was pretty much in line with uh, his previous comments about you know what happens on the battlefield is uh, is very different than what happens in a courtroom. And also, the Gallagher case is happening within the military court system. It's separate from other forms of of the, the justice system. So, what are some key differences that people need to understand when reading about this case? Well, um, the military justice system is similar, yet uh, a world apart from what you get in in federal courts. Now, for example, um, the uh, convening authority for Gallagher's court martial is um, Admiral Bolivar. She is the head of Navy Region Southwest in San Diego. Should she so decide, she could dismiss this case today. Um, a commuting authority has a lot of power. Um, and if she decided to do that, it would be done. Game over. Um, similarly, the president, um, Donald Trump, is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces, Therefore, he can be also thought of as the ultimate convening authority. And should he decide as commander-in-chief that this prosecution should cease, then he could declare it so, and it, and it would. Um, I think that's the biggest difference is that um, there's a lot of authority at the top of the chain of command on how these things turn out. Mm-hmm. And we spent most of Memorial Day weekend kind of um – wondering if President Donald Trump was going to pardon Gallagher, but he chose not to. He's planning on waiting, correct? Well, yeah. He This story came out last weekend that he was considering um, pardons. Um, he did, and, and we were able to confirm this with our sources with the Navy in San Diego, that he did ask them for files on Gallagher um, at, through the Justice Department, through their office, uh, their pardons office, um, so they're definitely uh, compiling a file um, with the idea of an eventual pardon. Potentially, um, last week was full of a lot of retired military leaders saying that this would be a really bad idea um, and set a really poor precedent. And so by Friday, um, you know, Trump was asked about this and he said he acknowledged, you know, this has been very controversial. You know, I might just wait until after the trial. To, to make a decision. So um, I think Trump has shown himself to be unpredictable, but um, that's the last that we've heard from him. Hunter was very supportive of a pardon. He's, uh, in a way, in a kind of curious way, he, I think he would support a pardon that I think he's called for one too, if, if I'm not mistaken. But he also said at one point he, would, he almost wants the trial to go forward because mm-hmm. that would expose the uh, the corruption and the in, incompetency of the military justice system, and that would be 
uh, good, but it would also put Gallagher and his family through this. So he was kind of of two minds. But it's clear he thinks he does not agree with the uh, experts in the military justice who are saying this is a bad idea. He seems to think it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. And also Hunter is dealing with legal troubles himself when it comes to campaign finance problems. And he's also lobbied similar attacks when it comes to that investigation and investigations for the president. So how do you feel that this ongoing narrative plays into the wider conservative narrative that, that we're seeing that essentially the Justice Department or any form of justice system can't be fully trusted? Yeah, I mean, I thought about that on Saturday and since, that this is both, I mean, I think he's sincere, Hunter is sincere in his uh, support of Gallagher, but I think it also fits into his defense that he's facing, uh, as you mentioned, campaign finance, corruption charges here. He didn't, parenthetically, I asked him about that before the uh, forum and he brusquely did not want to talk about it or discuss it. But I think, and I think it's, I think you're right. There is this, I mean, that he has been sounding that note uh, as the president has, that it's uh, the rule of uh, the Department of Justice is full of uh, uh, Democrat ideologues or, or, or careerists who, who don't care about justice. Uh, it's very harmful, I think, to uh, both the department, but also to our civic society. But uh, clearly it, 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 resonates a little bit with uh, probably people like the folks who are at the forum, very uh, strong, conservative, Trump-supporting voters. Uh, and it also, uh, I, th- I think, benefits Hunter as he's uh, you know talking to the jury pool in a way, uh, or potential jury pool, about his case uh, here. And I think in some ways the fact that he's also in the crosshairs of the justice system to me sort of diluted the impact of his comments a little bit. There, there was a, a little more than a little bit of self-serving going on there. But mm-hmm. I, I think he is sincere in what he thinks about Gallagher. Mm-hmm. And it also seems that both of these stories, what's going on with Duncan Hunter and also what's going on with Eddie Gallagher, are an example of just the extreme polarization we're seeing in society right now where people aren't getting information from a variety of sources and coming with extreme opinions. So in for both of you, when covering these kinds of stories that are highly polarized, what is it like talking to average Americans who may only follow one extreme, one side or the other part of the story? Well, in the Gallagher case, it's been a little frustrating, I think, because the um, basically the defense narrative has has dominated the news coverage. Um, you know, the prosecutor is not out on Fox and Friends making his case. However, um, Gallagher's family and his attorney have been um, on Fox News um, pleading um, in his family's case directly to the president to to intervene. Um, Gallagher's lead attorney, Tim Parlatori, um, is also counsel for Fox News host Pete Hegseth. Um, Donald Trump's personal attorney, uh, Mark McCasey, joined Gallagher's legal team last week. So here we have a, a legal case that has been kind of um, turned into a, a media case. And you have people connected to Fox News and people connected to President Trump now defending um, Gallagher. So it's it's very, uh, I think it's something new for the military justice system. Um, I haven't found anybody who can recall any case where the president's personal attorney joined a defense team Uh, on a case that he's been lobbied to weigh in on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, in terms of talking to people, you know, it's just a highly polarized uh, uh, time. Everything becomes politicized, including this 
Um, you know, and, and it's unfortunate when I, I think when elements of the military, whether it be the justice system or whatever, uh, become politicized because we expect them to be and, and want them to be uh, neutral and, and nonpartisan. In terms of reporting it, I mean, I just think in my experience, you know, it really it, it means you just have to talk to a lot more people because even though there may be people who who uh, agree to an extent or entirely with with the Trump critique of the justice system in America, um, there are some who are willing to listen to you know uh, counter uh, facts, uh, and, and those are the people you need to find if you're reporting a story. Uh, other people who just want to um, kind of rant, uh, those those people, in this, you know, really don't get in the paper. All right. Andrew Dyer, Greg Moran, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. In other news, North County Republicans have their sights on defeating Congressman Mike Levin. Levin, a Democrat, won the 49th District of California last election, upending a district long held by Republicans. Brian Marriott, the mayor of San Juan Capistrano, is shaping up to be a consensus Republican candidate, in contrast to the long list of GOP hopefuls in 2018. The filing deadline isn't until December, so nothing is official yet. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. We also host community events, including a forum on June 5th called Confronting Hate, Bigotry, Ignorance, A Path Forward. Join community leaders and moderator Stephen P. Dinkin of the National Conflict Resolution Center. For more information and to register, go to confrontinghate.com. Until next time.